Are you looking for ways to build a fully automated real estate investing business with no money down or credit required? Would you like to receive a constant stream of motivated seller leads? You came to the right place. I'm Joe Crump and welcome to the Automated Real Estate Investing Podcast. In this first episode of the Automated Real Estate Investing Podcast, I'm going to talk about subject to real estate financing, buying properties by taking over the existing loan without signing on the loan. I'm going to show you how to find sellers who will deed you their property and allow you to take over payments on their existing loan. Taking over properties like this make it possible for you to build a multi-million dollar portfolio in a very short period of time, create chunks of income that can support you and your family, and build a passive income portfolio that'll feed you for the rest of your life. I will talk about the benefits of taking the deed, filling the property with a lease option tenant who will make the payments while you receive market appreciation, buy down on the note, monthly income from rental cash flow, and IRS tax depreciation benefits. I'll also demystify the bank complications that investors are most afraid of with subject to deals, such as due on sale clauses or foreclosure. On top of this, the seller gets rid of a property that was constantly bleeding them and a new lease option buyer gets a home for their family that they could not have bought without your help. So you do well by doing good. Stay tuned and I'll teach you how to build wealth with subject to deals. Hey, it's Joe Crump. Subject to real estate financing, no money down. Let me go into it in a little bit more detail. Um, let's take a specific deal and we'll just work with a $100,000 property, not because that's an average price range in the country, but just because it's an easy round number uh, to work with. And I can do the numbers on the top of my head. Uh, so we've got a property that's $100,000 uh, and it's got a mortgage on it uh, that's also $100,000. Um, does it make sense to buy this property from that person? Uh, not if uh, we don't get it under market value, we don't want to pay cash for it, right? Um, but if we can get it on terms at market value or below, uh, then we can make a profit as an investor. So there's only two ways that you make money as an investor, buying property substantially below market value for cash uh, or uh, closer to market value, um, but on terms, uh, especially if you don't have to put any money into the deals at all. And on a subject to deal like this, you don't put any money into it. So let's just talk about how that would be structured. Subject to is this particular seller has a property with a uh, that's worth $100,000, decent conditions, rentable. Uh, it's got a mortgage on there of $100,000. His payment on it is $850 a month. Uh, it would rent for, let's say, $1,000, let's say $1,100 a month. Uh, typically, a $100,000 property will rent for a little bit more than 1%. Uh, so, um, so let's say it's $1,100 a month. And we'd want to check for comps because you're not going to be able to rent it for more uh, than it will rent for, that you, or lease option for more than it'll rent for. So make sure you know that number. So $100,000, uh, $850 is the monthly payment on it. We're going to have that seller deed us the property. So they're going to sign a deed in front of a notary that says uh, that I am now going to own that property and they are no longer going to own that property. That mortgage stays on the property. You can't get rid of that without paying it off. So you buying this property is subject to the existing loan. 
That's why it's called subject to. Uh, so you're buying the property subject to that loan that's already on there, uh, and you'll have to make payments on that loan until it's paid off. You can either pay it off in a lump sum or you can pay it off over time. And let's say it's still got, uh, they've only owned it for a month and they still got 30 years uh, on that mortgage. You got a payment, you can make payments on that property for 30 years. You want to be able to get the best interest rate that you can, but that's going to be determined by what they got when they got that loan originally. So hopefully it's a decent interest rate and the payments are fairly low. At $850, that's a, that's probably a higher interest rate depending on the taxes and insurance on the property because that $850 has to include PITI. Uh, so PITI maybe on something like this would be 150 bucks. So maybe you're looking at $700 a month payment and with a 5% interest, 4% interest on that mortgage. Now, you're going to have them uh, deed you the property. You're going to take over their, their payment stubs. You're going to get online access to their account, and you're going to start making payments. You're also going to change the insurance into your name, so you're going to have to have a document that allows you to get that, uh, that, that transfer. Uh, and uh, you're going to be able to have uh, permission to talk uh, to that seller. So you need to have a document that gives you permission to talk to that seller. Uh, you also want to create some kind of disclosure for them to help them understand how uh, the due on sale clause works. A due on sale clause is on almost every mortgage in the country. Uh, and that due on sale clause says anytime that seller transfers their property, the bank has the right to foreclose on that property and take that property back. It's called an acceleration clause, and they can take that property back if they choose to. I have never seen a bank exercise a due on sale clause, but they have the right to. Uh, now, we've done this with me and my students, uh, you know, thousands of times, uh, and it's never happened. Uh, uh, so it's unlikely the bank will take it back. And there's really no reason for them to take it back if their mortgages are being paid. If, if their monthly payments are coming in, they're usually okay with that. Uh, the um, banks have credit reports too. Uh, and if they have defaults, if they have to foreclose on a property, that's considered default uh, and that affects their credit uh, and it affects their ability to buy mortgages on the secondary market because they don't, most mortgage companies do not, uh, mortgage companies or banks do not hold those mortgages in-house. They usually sell them to the secondary market. Uh, and that's what Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac is all about. Uh, so they have to be able to have the ability to do that. And if they have too many foreclosures, they can't do that. So they don't want foreclosure properties. They don't want REO, REOs, uh, real estate owned. They don't want that stuff because it just costs them money. So um, you can usually make these payments and not have to worry about the due on sale clause and not have a problem. I have uh, one time uh, where I got a call on one of my subject twos from Bank of America. And Bank of America said to me, uh, you've, uh, I understand that you're making payments on this loan because the checks were coming from me. Uh, and um, uh, you don't, you're not on this loan, you're not on this mortgage. I said, that's correct. I says, well, you have to qualify for the mortgage in order for you to be able to continue to do that with us. And I say, well, that's not how I work. You know, I understand that's what you guys would like, but I, that's not how I work. And I won't be able to do that. Uh, and they said, well, I'm sorry, then we're going to have to take the property back from you. And I said, I understand uh, that too. I just want you to know that the person I bought it from is, you know, is not going to be able to make those payments if I don't make those payments for them. And I also want you to know the day that I get the notice of default from you guys is the last payment that I'm going to make 
on that property. Uh, so if you decide to do that, I'm not going to make any more payments on that property. And she said, I'm sorry, we've got to do it that way. And so um, I got a call 15 minutes later and she said, I just spoke with my supervisor and he said, please keep making your payments. We're not going to foreclose on you. <laughs> I said, that sounds great to me. So I continued to make those payments and I've not had a problem with that mortgage ever since. Uh, and that's going to be probably your experience. Now, I'm not an attorney. This isn't legal advice. You know, I can't give you any of that. If you want to talk to an attorney, they can, they can give you their own opinion of it. I've got an attorney that I work with that knows a lot about subject twos and he's not a big fan of them. Uh, although he's seen how much money I've made off of them. Uh, and he acknowledges that as well. Uh, but they, they have their own issues. Um, but most of the time, uh, those issues can be resolved. Uh, and uh, we, we rarely run into problems with these types of deals, as long as you do the paperwork properly in the first place. We've even started doing subject twos where we're able to get title insurance that writes uh, title insurance around the mortgage. Uh, and that happens in some areas, not every area that we've worked with. So subject two is a wonderful thing. Now we've got this property, we've taken control of it, uh, we feel pretty secure in it. All we have to do is make the payments on it. Uh, so we go in there and make sure we get it ready to, to show. Uh, and, and by the way, if, if you don't have any money at all and you want to do it this way, uh, you don't have to take the property until you have a buyer for it. You could, you could set it up with a purchase agreement. Instead of having them deed it to you, do it with a purchase agreement that gives you 90 days to go out and find a, a, a lease option tenant. And as soon as you find the lease option tenant and you have their lease option fee in your hands, then you can go back to the, the seller and say, let's close the deal. He deals you the property. Uh, I know that when I'm going to take a property like this, I can fill the property. If you haven't had that experience yet, you don't know that for sure. So do it with a purchase agreement instead of the deed at the beginning. Uh, but I like to take it with the, with the deed immediately. I have them pay at least the next month payment uh, because interest is paid in arrears, not in advance. So uh, January 1st payment pays December um, mortgage. Uh, and uh, so that's how I can uh, uh, sell that concept. Uh, sometimes we're able to get them to pay two or three or four months. I've seen people get uh, as much as six or eight months of payments uh, from the seller to take over the property. Uh, so you can negotiate whatever you can negotiate. Remember, it's not what you deserve that matters. Uh, it's what you negotiate. So make sure you negotiate the best you can in that deal. And uh, the more you do this, the better you'll get at it. But get at least 30 days so that way you won't have to make a mortgage payment for, you know, if you bought it on the, the 3rd or the 5th, you won't have to make a payment on the, the following 1st. You'll have to pay a payment the, the month after that. That'll give you some time to find a tenant, uh, get somebody in there and um, get, get some money and maybe make even a little bit more money on the deal. So you're going to take this property uh, and you're going to go fill it with a lease option tenant. Uh, you go out there and you raise the price. So you bought it for 100,000, you raise the price to 110 or maybe even 120, uh, and you put it on the market and you ask for a down payment and you try to get five or $10,000 uh, or $20,000 as a down payment. On something like this, on this price range, uh, for you to get 5,000 in cash is pretty normal and maybe another 5,000 as a promissory note. So you're going to get $1,100 a month of income on the property. You have an $850 a month uh, mortgage payment to make, uh, which is PITI, principal interest, taxes and insurance. So you have $150 of positive cash flow 
there. You're also going to get $5,000 in cash on that deal uh, as your lease option fee, which is non-refundable. It's not a deposit. It's non-refundable. Uh, and you're going to get another $5,000 promissory note uh, that they're going to give you $200 a month on, uh, which is going to raise your $150 a month uh, up to $300 a month, or I'm sorry, up to um, $350 a month uh, of positive cash flow on that property. Uh, also, the monthly payment that you make of that $850 probably about $100 of it is going to go towards principal uh, since you've got interest and it's a bank loan. So $100 of that goes towards principal. That means you make another $1,200 a year uh, because of that. You're also going to get tax depreciation on that property because uh, you can depreciate it. And that's going to work out on this price range of property, about $3,600 in tax depreciation, which means uh, for most people about $1,200 a month of income or fewer taxes uh, during that year. Uh, you're also going to get appreciation on that property. Uh, so you're going to get uh, maybe another, let's say 3%, it goes up in 3%. So another $3,000 a year doing that. So now you're, you've gotten, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight thousand $8,000 a year of income on this property, even though some of it's hidden because it's paying down a mortgage or in taxes or wherever. Plus you get your positive cash flow. Uh, that positive cash flow is going to be close to $4,000 right by itself. Uh, so now you have this property plus the extra $5,000 that you made on the lease option. And every time you lease option, you're going to get another lease option fee, you know, because the likelihood is they're not going to exercise the option. If they do, you're going to, if you sold it for 120, you're going to make another 10 grand right then and there as they pay off the money that they owe you. So there's lots of great ways to have this property. You can also um, buy these properties inside a Roth IRA because they're uh, uh, non-recourse loans uh, because the, the, the bank has no recourse against you uh, to pay this loan because it's mortgage in somebody else's name. Now, uh, when you are making these payments, you know, five years will go by, six years will go by. Sometimes I'll hear from my seller and say, are you ever going to pay off that loan? And I say, well, it's not been, you know, profitable to me to do that yet. I'm going to pay for it eventually, though. And, uh, you know, if it takes me 30 years to pay it off, that's what our agreement was for, uh, to pay it off when that loan pays off. Uh, and they accept that, and I've not had a problem with that. Uh, I have paid off properties earlier because I sold them or a lease option was exercised or something along those lines happened. Uh, and then I'd let that seller know that their mortgage was paid off and they're excited. And in the meantime, I've been able to make their payments on time. I've never missed a payment for any of my lease option tenants. And don't you ever do it either. Make sure you keep a reserve for these properties. Don't ever put them into a position where you screw up their credit. That's not a good thing. You want them to, to, to look at this and know that you have taken care of them uh, during that whole time. And I have actually helped my uh, tenants improve their credit uh, over time because I've made that payments. And it hasn't kept them from buying other properties because this one is being paid for and the mortgage companies doesn't count it in their debt to income ratio. Uh, so it's been a great thing for me. It's been good for the sellers who are trying to get rid of the property. It's been good for the buyers uh, who couldn't have bought a bought property any other, any other way than lease option. Uh, and it's worked out for me in the long time, long run, uh, being able to have a property that's gone up in value and given me tax benefits all these years uh, to do that. Subject two is a good way to buy properties. Thank you for listening to the Automated Real Estate Investing Podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your favorite platform to continue learning about how to build a fully automated real estate investing business. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover on this show, send an email to joecrump at joecrump.com. If you'd like to be personally mentored by me, check out my one-on-one, hold-your-hand intensive, step-by-step, six-month real estate investing mentor program. I'll personally help you through the entire process of setting up a profitable real estate investing system. You don't need to do this alone. Get all the details at zerodowninvesting.com. Remember, to build a real estate investing business that will give you control of your life and set you free, you need to systematize, automate, and outsource. Learn to work on your business instead of in your business. This is Joe Crump signing off. Oh,